1: Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
0: Solatida. Beer! <laughs> Welcome to an episode of Cracking One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And today we'll be cracking open... <gasps> I know, this is going to be a shock. Beer? We're going to open some beer.
1: Hey! No! But Not what beer? Idea.
0: I know from who, but <laughs> I don't know what.
1: <laughs> Surprise! So this week, we are cracking open Perch, a blonde ale from Nod Hill Brewery, which is located in Richfield, Connecticut. According to their website, Nod Hill was founded in 2017 with the goal of crafting, quote, expressive, balanced and unique beers that encourage a spirit of thoughtful enjoyment. The original idea for Nod Hill began back in 2008 between father and son team Dave and Rob. Uh, which was sparked after traveling to Austria. Oh. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Let's not. Sorry,
0: dumb and dumber. You said Austria.
1: Yeah. I'm quoting Dumb and Dumber.
0: Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the dumbness of that made me very confused. <laughs>
1: So uh, other sources of inspiration include Dave's time keeping and serving cask ale in London, as well as many trips to Vermont in the nascent years of the hazy IPA. Look how far we've come. Yeah. <laughs> I actually would love to hop in a time machine and try the the nascent years of the hazy IPA compared to now. <laughs> like side by side. I think, yeah. that, I think that would be interesting. Anyway, Dave and Rob were, quote, Inspired to create a venue out of their love of beer and the magical experiences they'd had at so many special places. So they brought on their friend slash skilled brewer Kyle and set to make a place for world class beer in Ridgefield, Connecticut. The name of the brewery refers to Nod Hill and the long winding road just uh, southwest of the brewery that straddles Ridgefield and Wilton. That entire area was apparently referred to as the Nod Hills in the 1700s before it was formally part of either town. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really liked this quote from their website. Nod is one of those wonderfully old sounding names that is preserved in many New England towns. It evokes fairy tales, biblical imagery, local legends, and perhaps some long lost native place name. To us, it is a reminder of the community we are a part of, an acknowledgement of our rich local history, and an evocative yet rooted name that has inspired us to be creative with the names of our beers. Couldn't have said it better myself. Wow. And yes, looking through their list of beers, they are definitely creative, uh, as well as the artwork, but we'll get to that. And it makes me want to try them all. Nod Hill gravitates toward uh, brewing hop-forward American ales traditionally-minded European styles, and both clean and mixed fermentation oak-aged beers. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, I know that piqued your interest. (laughs) Uh, Nod Hill is also all about sustainability. As of April 2019, the brewery is 100% solar-powered. There's actually an aerial photo of the brewery on the website, and like every inch of the roof is solar panels. (laughs) So those panels offset 100% of their electrical usage, as well as other businesses that are located in the same building. And they're able to push at least 5,600 kilowatt hours per year back onto the power grid.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Why don't we have solar power on our place? Right? I don't weigh too much on free electricity. <laughs>
1: Uh, they also send all of their spent grain to local farms, have implemented clean wastewater practices, and their grounds are part of the Norwalk River Pollinator Pathway. <laughs> uh, so this is a project organized by volunteers from town conservation organizations to establish a pollinator-friendly habitat for, and food sources for bees, butterflies, hummingbirds, and all other pollinating insects and wildlife along a series of continuous corridors. It's a really cool project that you can be a part of even if you're just a private resident uh, with like a decent amount of land that you're able to manage. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in Connecticut either. Um, There's organized pollinator pathways in Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Vermont, Pennsylvania, and Oregon. And basically, you've got to have native plants on the property. Uh, You've got to manage the invasive species without the use of pesticides or herbicides. And there's some other like really easy stipulations like letting your grass grow out a little bit longer, um, planting more shrubs or trees. If you want more information, visit pollinator-pathway.org. But like when we become homeowners, I would totally be down for that if we can do it.
0: Long grass breeds mosquitoes.
1: Not not like super long grass, just long enough for insects to, you know, habitat. Habit, habit, habitat. Oh, habitat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: to live in. I think it's I've, interesting that Oregon is also like a part of it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, a ton of <laughs> northeastern states and then also and Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> yeah, let's get back on track.
1: At the moment, Nod Hill is to-go sills only. Their tap room and beer garden are still closed for on-site drinking. um, But at the moment, probably because they self-distribute, their beer is only available in Connecticut and New York. On to the beer. Nodhill describes Perch as, quote, floral and crisp with hints of clementine and mango. Ooh, clementine. With a refreshingly dry finish. And yes, I really like that clementine in in the descriptor. So Perch is a blonde ale that is rotational at the brewery, so it's only released two to three times a year, and it clocks in at an easy drink 5% ABV. Nice. <laughs> Nod Hill used Golden Promise and Vienna malts, their house yeast, and Tahiki and white tea hops in the mix for this beer. So both of these hops are from New Zealand, which I am excited about because all the beers that we've had recently where we know the hops are from New Zealand have been very unique.
0: Yeah, they've been dope.
1: I'm looking at you, <laughs> Uh So Wai'iti hops were released to brewers in 2011, and its heritage includes as yeah. well as, <laughs> as well as Liberty. It has higher beta acids than alpha acids low cohumulone, and a robust oil content.
0: Now, if it has more beta acids than alpha acids, what does that mean for the taste?
1: Uh, I'll get to it.
0: Ooh.
1: YET hops bring forth a splash of lime and stone fruit, specifically peach and apricot. Although when used as a late addition, the stone fruit really takes center stage. So I think the higher beta acids bring out more of the citrus flavor. Mm Mm-hmm. And according to an article on punchdrink.com, taiki hops are technically cascade, otherwise known as fuggle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they've become so distinctly different from that version of the same hop that we grow here in the U.S. that it was more appropriate to just rename them because due to environmental factors and dissimilar growing conditions, the hops reflect a terroir divergent from the same varieties grown elsewhere. Ooh, And taiki should impart big citrus notes that lean toward tropical fruit characteristics, namely grapefruit and lime. Uh, It's best used for aroma as a late kettle addition or for dry hopping. I thought it was really interesting that both of those hops list lime as a, a main... Uh, aroma mm-hmm. or flavor, but it's clementine and mango that are described for the beer itself. So
0: I see the lime kind of making a clementine flavor, but I guess we'll see.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I had a question there. Okay, hold on. Oh, we had a lime. We had one where lime was the descriptor a couple weeks ago, didn't we? A few weeks ago,
1: I believe that was also
0: was that little lungs.
1: Mm, no. I want to say it was unwind, which was Nelson Salvin, which is also a New Zealand hop.
0: It was all the way back during unwind? Interesting. All right.
1: All right. I think. Right. I could mm. be wrong.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So uh, what else, Beer Fesser?
1: That's it. Does it drink.
0: Beer, beer, beer. Cool right. can.
1: Very cool can.
0: All right. You ready to crack it? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, both of us did it. I'm pretty sure you could hear it on the microphone, but if you didn't, both of our both of our uh, cans squeaked. It did almost like when we opened up the Guinness, but the Guinness had the nitrogen. Yeah,
1: and these are very generously poured. Oh, Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Holy head!
1: Oh, I can smell that citrus and like yeast.
0: Yep, it's a little west coasty, a little piney too. I can see that very yeasty which Yeast. i'm surprised in a blonde ale it's like yeasty like an ipa would be
1: yeah i mean it it is the the color that i expected for a blonde ale but it is slightly more hazy than i would expect for a blonde ale
0: yeah it did haze up i mean it was very clear when we were pouring it into the glass but mm-hmm. it did haze up a little bit yeah i think there might be a lot going on in there
1: yeah and for some, so we poured it into i, I mean i don't know what the exact term for this glass is it's kind of like the sam adams shape
0: yeah, there's a name for um, it, but I can't remember.
1: But is it just me or is the bottom, which is slimmer, clearer? And then the haze is kind of hanging on top.
0: No, yeah. And you can <laughs> see where the haze kind of starts to come up. On I've mine. literally
1: never seen this before.
0: On mine, it kind of goes down like that, too. I've got like a little bit of a a hook. Yeah. You can almost see like the, if you really look at it really clearly and stare at it for a while, almost like you can see the particles of what's different going on. Mm. It's really cool. It's got a really interesting smell. Yeah. It's got a really IPA-y smell for something that's supposed to just be a blonde a ale. A blonde ale, yeah. Very yeasty, very citrusy, and a little piney. Let's dig in. Yeah, I would not tell this was an ale. Cheers. Just by smelling.
1: Cheers. No, definitely not. I agree. That's good. Ooh. I get that clementine. I don't get the mango, at least not right off the bat.
0: Oh, I get a little bit of that mango I don't
1: get the grapefruit that the hops... Tell us should be in there, which is nice because it's it's a blonde ale. You've got your thinking face on. I will say this is very pleasant to sip. It's nice and light, very well carbonated.
0: I get the mango up front, but it finishes like a Clement, like you're eating a Clementine. Okay. That's what I'm getting. A little bit of this tropical fruit, but that mm-hmm. finishes like as if I was eating a cle- like the ones that you can just yeah. buy and peel yeah, the yeah, skin yeah. off yourself and just start eating.
1: The like the halo. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's kind of like the end finish I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I, I do get a little bit of that liminess because it does kind of
1: yeah, like pucker tart. you up
0: a little bit. It's a little more Just tart little than little you would bit. think. Yeah, but not unpleasantly so. <clears throat> and it is an ale. It's not, it's not bitter. Or, it's not too bitter or anything like no, that. No, no. And that yeastiness isn't in the taste, which is weird. It's in the smell, but I'm not really getting too much of a yeasty flavor when i drink it yeah which isn't a plus or a minus beer's yeasty sometimes you want a yeasty beer sometimes you don't.
1: it's very easy drinking it I th- is I, th- I think this would be really nice in the warmer weather i'm wondering because it is rotational like when they release it
0: around now clearly because well, you have duh. it <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it maybe all concentrated during the like spring to summer weather yeah, I don't I can't see myself reaching for this when it's like, you know, the dead of winter.
0: Yeah, this is very similar to the spring like it's not very close to the spring ale, but it's very mm-hmm. close to the spring ale in terms of it's what kind of beer it's like. It's like this blonde ale that's got some citrus notes yeah. and this this almost like IPA pizzazz to it.
1: Mm-hmm. P.S. guess what I found the other day at the liquor store. You found
0: Spring Ale finally? Yeah, I did. <laughs> 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 but yes you're right this is this is so similar to the spring a lot i want this when it's warming up or when it is warm i don't know if i'd want this during those winter months yeah to curl around but this is also good for early fall as well yeah yeah when that's your true. days are 70s and your nights are 40s, 40s.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is very good very interesting it's clean it is very clean and i think that's part of the like than not having much of a yeast taste. True. It just is. You get those initial <laughs> flavors and it's very refreshing. Mm-hmm. The bubbles are fun because they're super tight. There's like super tiny bubble kind of carbonation yeah.
1: where, it's just like, where it just your kind your of like. <laughs> I know this is a really weird way to put it, but it's like it almost annoys your tongue.
0: Yeah, because there's so <laughs> many little bubbles.
1: But in a good way.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's totally tickling your tongue on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. It's really good. It's very yeah. drinkable.
1: If I saw this on Draft at a Restaurant and I was getting food, no brainer, I would get this.
0: Um, If food came, I would be okay with this beer. Mm-hmm. But this beer has flavors that I think wouldn't ruin my food, but I think would be hidden by the food. And then I would okay. want...
1: You want to appreciate to the appreciate beer more. To appreciate the beer a
0: little bit more, okay, yeah. that's fair. This would be like absolutely the, a great appetizer beer. Mm-hmm. This would be a... I don't know if it'd be a good after dinner beer either because I, I would have that... Depending on what food I ate. I would, might have a too much of that flavor still in my mouth. yeah, And then I not, might not be able to appreciate this beer as much. But if food came, like I said, this wouldn't ruin your food.
1: No. It would just be kind of destroyed by your
0: food. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you'd get as many of the notes. That being said, if... You pair this with like a one of those like light buttered noodle seafood pasta dishes. Ooh. Or like You're a salmon. Me <laughs> I haven't eaten all day other than <laughs> <laughs> Or a swordfish, some kind of like seafood or light summer pasta meal. Ooh. Sure.
1: Okay, yeah, because of the citrusy notes.
0: Yep. Okay. Then it's a little lighter. I don't think this would go well with burgers. I don't think this would go well with I guess french fries are okay. Mm. Nothing too seasoned. You know, red meats like steaks. I don't think so. No. Chicken. Again, if it's like cooked like a summertime kind of chicken dish, maybe. Okay. But not cooked like chicken or turkey or something like that, like for the fall or winter. Mm, No. I think some of these flavors might go. I think a salad might ruin this.
1: Depending on. Depending on what
0: you have for your dressing. Yeah. Like a cheesy dressing or a thousand island or even I think vinegar would ruin it because all of a sudden you get that really bitter note. Bitter. Yeah. And that would kind of ruin the beer. Ice cream dough. Does <laughs> it go well with desserts? I, like, could see, I
1: could honestly see this. Maybe. Oh, I was just going to say like a cheesecake.
0: Oh, a cheesecake. Yeah, a cheesecake is lighter. I meant like a big fluffy like chocolate cake. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. But no, yeah, a cheesecake. Absolutely. Because that's a lighter. Those are lighter notes. Mm-hmm. And that's a heavy cake and a nice light beer to go along with it. Yeah. Nope, for sure. But honestly, this would just be great in the spring or summer, late spring and summer when we have our deck open and, you know, we're chilling before we think like.
1: What are we gonna have for what dinner? What are we gonna make for dinner? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's
0: like that first that 20 minutes where you're just like, ah, day's done.
1: Yeah. Work over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Work over, chores Pause. done, podcasts edited, audiobooks audio booked. What are we doing for dinner? Well, let's not think about that just yet. Let's yeah. play some music and drink a beer first. Yeah. That's what this beer is. And it's
1: And now, dear <laughs> listeners, you have a peek into our lives. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like, this really, it's really good. Like, I could have another one while we're making dinner for sure.
1: Yeah. I didn't put it in the fridge because we do still need to take pictures. No, oh, that's
0: fine. <laughs> I'm wondering if it would be good for, you know, we're making salmon burgers tonight. Mm-hmm. Another peek into our lives. <laughs> this would go okay with the salmon burgers, I think.
1: Yeah. it. Mm, the... um
0: Tartar sauce? Tartar sauce might kill it. Mm, maybe. See again. Your dinner. I'm I'm destroying your dinner. It goes mm. well with dinner. <laughs> All right. But no, this is really good. And as much as I'm sick of mango, almost as I'm sick of grapefruit now, mango's getting toward the top of really? my list on what I'm sick of. I Only because it's in everything now.
1: Yeah. But I feel like this is, you don't usually get mango in a blonde ale. You get no, mango what, in a yeah. hazy.
0: That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that's
1: why it's so delicate. And enjoyable mm-hmm. in this one particularly.
0: I like that. And I like that it begins mango, but ends clementine. Yeah. And I think a lot of things kind of end mango. Mm-hmm. Usually it's grapefruit into mango. Yeah. So I like that mangoes on the forefront and then turns into a different flavor, like a uh, clementine and something yeah. like that. I think yeah. that really works. And being in a Blondale. But I would also not mind mango flavors if it was, we have yet to really have a beer where that was the only flavor. Other that's than like true. Mango Tango Sour from Dockside. From Dockside, But yeah. like where it's the hop that's making the mango flavor, mm-hmm. we've yet to have one where it stays mango the whole way through. So I wouldn't be yeah. sick of that. I think I'm just really sick of a grapefruit into mango or something into mango. I like that this is mango into something.
1: It is a uh, a nice change.
0: And obviously these New Zealand hops are really, really good. Yeah. So the can...
1: As I refill. I will <laughs> refill as well.
0: Well, I don't have as much to refill as you. Oh, no, you really about the same. It's really cool. It's very, it, it, there's a lot going on in this. Yeah,
1: all of their artwork is very intricate.
0: I will say it's got that, it's the wraparound bottle, pint bottle, it's a tall boy. Uh, and it's got one of those labels that clearly, like the glue isn't like the best because it's kind of bubbly at some points.
1: Oh, I'm not on mine. <laughs> Maybe on
0: yours. Um, I don't even know where to start with the can canner- art.
1: I didn't mean to overwhelm you.
0: I'm <laughs> so sorry. So <laughs> the whole thing is kind of done in an hourglass almost. There's green, a green hourglass shape in the center and then to the sides are a wheaty golden tan. Mm-hmm. In the center of the green hourglass is what appears to be a sun and maybe a tree or a tiki. It's some green hill or fireplace or I don't know. It's an odd shape that maybe the people at Nod Hill can answer that for us if they listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, it's a very interesting shape, really cool, catches your eye. And the the yellow is like yellow, primary color yellow. And above it, it says Nod Hill Brewery. Underneath that, it says Perch. And Perch has letterings that are like a faded green, which is kind of cool. It says Brewed in Ridgefield, Connecticut, up top in an orange. And the orange color also extends into stars around the hourglass and a piping. And this piping goes all over the can, even into the tan, It goes around what appears to be a sun and a moon as well with different sections and all broken up into a semicircle. The pipes go into making the outline of a hop on either end of the can as well. And these lines travel down and travel across the hourglass and travel down the piping of the tan on either side with little trees on top, probably saying that, hey, we're environmentally friendly and, you know, we're in more of a, Up in Ridgefield, I imagine they've got a lot of trees. It's a much more foresty area of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So this piping has trees growing out of it, it appears. And then all the way down on the bottom, the pipes are all pouring into three glasses on either side that are being poured with beer, which I think is really cool. And so the hops, the sun, the moon, these trees, it's all connected. It all ends up in the glass in your beer. And I think that's a really cool symbolism for like mm-hmm. being environmentally friendly, how they work day and night on the beer, maybe yep. how they utilize hops to make beer. It's got a lot of symbolize symbolism in that. And I think that's really cool. And it's really subtle.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
0: glasses are really small on the bottom of the cup, too. So you or glass. So you really have to pay attention to that. It's just a really cool, almost abstract, but not so abstract kind of <laughs> representation of how they brew beer almost. And I think this is a really neat can. And uh, on the bottom, it says blonde ale brewed with New Zealand hops, unfiltered one pint. And all of this is in bright yellow writing or bright orange writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all very eye-catching, all very, I want to say maybe Native American-y, very, very something you'd find in the Northeast or even in the Northwest, like Oregon and Washington and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Something you find where I think it's more forest and stuff. Yeah. Um. One side on the can says, brew with wonder, and the other side says, drink with joy.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that's their motto.
0: I like that. Yeah. Brew with wonder, drink with joy. The government warning is also kind of crimped into the can, too. They're like, Ugh, well, I guess we got to put it somewhere. Just
1: put it somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Keep cold, drink fresh, recycle this can. On the left side of the can, there is a interesting, like a teku glass or a wine glass. With the sun in the center of it, and it says "100% solar powered brewery."
1: I wonder if that is unique to them, or if it's like a
0: a br- like a thing that a
1: brewery kind of you know like if stamp, you are like, you can yeah, award we're 100%, that. yeah yeah.
0: I'd be interested to know, like, um, if it's a club. <laughs> I know Magic Hat Brewery 100% recycles all their stuff. Mm-hmm like their wastewater and their recycled beer goes back to power turbines and yeah. power the brewery. But I don't know if they have that kind of logo as well. I'd be interested in trying to figure out or find other 100% power breweries. Yeah, I, it's the breweries. first time
1: I remember seeing that uh, logo.
0: Interesting, though. And that's basically it. They don't have much else. but I mean, the logo itself is pretty neat. It is. Uh, they do have the website, and you can at them at nothillbrewery.com or at nothillbrewery on Instagrams. Or Twitters. Hit them up. That's right. And the label is pointed so that I can show off the label and drink the beer at the same time. Ooh. For photos, which is nice.
1: Because
0: <laughs> oftentimes we try to take photos with the beers and it's like.
1: I can't, we have to sip, h- it can't and... sip it and. Can't sip and
0: take the label. And it's yeah. like, well, then I guess we're not going to be in this photo. Yeah. It's nice to have options, guys. <laughs> but that's basically yeah,
1: it. I, I don't think they're really uh, slapping the label on thinking of us. <laughs>
0: Well, it depends if the machines do it. Although yeah. yours is the same way. Oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's. Mm. It's really good. It's really good. It's a nice blonde. It's we're finally getting back into that spring ale kind of weather, which I think I told said last year is like one of my favorite times of year now is yeah. the spring, which used to be the weakest of all seasons in yep. terms of beer.
1: I think I think we had this conversation specifically because of spring ale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah. It's it's becoming a season to look forward to with these new beers and these new takes on on mm-hmm. blondes, I think. Cause blonde ales, generally speaking, are good. They're thirst quenching, they're mm-hmm. they're tasty, but they're boring normally. Yeah. But this
1: craft breweries are finding yeah. a way to make them interesting.
0: What we're drinking now, Perch by Not Hill, is really good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Spring Ale by Back East. Back East is just baller. phenomenal. <laughs> it's one of my favorite beers, I think. Yeah. Or it's getting to be there like these does it
1: beat summer ale for you
0: spring beats summer for sure oh spring's got all those lemons yo yeah that's true yes absolutely but summer is amazing You're a lemon as well boy. <laughs> uh but no I, I i've started to look forward to like oh it's late march all right mm-hmm. what are we gonna get and like you said last week you had trouble finding spring and i was like <gasps> i was heartbroken like no
1: yeah we thought we missed our chance I got a four-pack. I wouldn't mind getting another four-pack four, if we can find it. We're gonna get more.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, no, I I really like how spring is turning into this kind of see. I don't want to say event for people that like beer, yeah. but like for people like me that are Well, I
1: mean, I feel like there this is really the the most appropriate time for something like a blonde ale. It doesn't oh, for it doesn't sure. really work in the fall, doesn't work in the winter. In the summer you want a cerveza, a goza. Uh, like something super refreshing.
0: Oh no, no, I'm not saying denying that. I'm just saying yeah. that traditionally they've all been pretty boring. So it's like, all right. Yeah. While I I appreciate and I like Blondales, it's just okay. I'll just get an IPA or get something else, and I I won't ever stop liking IPAs and stuff like that. No, but they are they're a year
1: round thing. It's, and, you're never wanting for an IPA or a hazy IPA. Right. This is something to look forward to.
0: Cause it's different and it's mm-hmm. unique and it's comes in the spring and like kind of like fall beers like come and go real quick yeah it's like but fall beers have always just always been so interesting and fantastic and different flavors and pumpkin beers and fall beers and different wheats and yeasts and all this different aging and yeah
1: it's overwhelming just
0: (laughs) ales here's your cold snap (laughs) well i don't
1: (laughs) get out of here sam (laughs) yeah
0: i'm not a huge sam guy the i i sam summer's Okay,
1: if it's the only option on tap <laughs> during the summer, I'm fine with it,
0: yeah, but everything else from Sam, yeah, was a cold snap isn't decent as well, but like that used to be pretty much it for spring beer, yeah, was cold snap, other it's than true. that, you're you didn't have spring beers. It was the dead zone for beer time, and now you've got stuff like perch coming out. now you've mm-hmm. got stuff like spring ale coming out, mm-hmm. specific beers that aren't just like, hey, we're putting this out in March. Just to, just to just to kill some time before
1: our like awesome summer beers.
0: This is the season of good interesting blonde ales mm-hmm. and lighter lagers and and stuff like that yeah. where they really try new things and put new flavors and spins on things and I think this is a prime example.
1: I would agree. And I would love to see more more breweries around here using New Zealand hops because I mean, so from what I can understand online, a lot of New Zealand hops are essentially they took the hop like like very popular hops that we grow here mm-hmm. or elsewhere, you know, in the world. but because the terroir is diff- <laughs> is different, right. Um it creates a totally different animal. and I think that that lends very unique flavors and i'm I'm looking forward to to using sort to, to finding more beers that use them. But from what I understand, it's also very difficult to get a hold of them.
0: I get that. They're coming from New Zealand. There can yeah. only be so many. Yeah. But no, I get that. That makes sense. I've also often wondered how New Zealand gets their hops. And it makes sense that they're just kind of slightly different flavored versions of what other what we have. countries yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're a very small country and they have to have imported that crop themselves. Yeah. But it totally works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, New Zealand hops are. And I think you are going to see a lot more people doing New Zealand hops because I think we're seeing it.
1: As they become more more readily available. Uh,
0: they're more readily available. People are using it here on the west uh, on the East Coast. They're using it on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. We're seeing West Coast IPAs on the East Coast. I think we're starting to finally see the craft beer world combine and try all the other. like They've done their East Coast stuff. West Coast has done their West Coast stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if the West Coast is having an uh East, East Coast, Coast IPA like, explosion, like grabbing yeah, yeah, yeah. a West Coast IPA explosion. <laughs> and I would be very surprised if the whole world isn't doing like that, or like the whole craft beer circuit in the world, mm-hmm. isn't having a New Zealand hop explosion as well. Yeah. Kind of like I think we are, because it's popping up more and more and more the mm-hmm. more we go around. But no, I agree. I would love to see more of the New Zealand hops going around. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. Let's keep drinking this beer then. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: so... Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. Subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackinoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackinoneopen or shoot us an email at crackinoneopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you yeah (laughs) what else you got to plug
0: oh i got a few things you can find my audiobooks at audible.com uh just look for michael butler not michael murray butler or michael grudzinski butler i don't know just look for michael butler i have a few books out most of them are horror books sour coffee at midnight uh the upcoming murder of kelly christopher which is more of a mystery novel I've got Vacation Planet. I've got Art Switch Art for Gangsters where I do British Accent through the whole thing. They're all pretty cool, all pretty awesome. Check those out. I've also got, if you like 80s horror slasher films, I've got The Final Girl, which is a book that's in like an 80s slasher movie. I don't get paid unless you guys buy those books, so go ahead and pick them up. I've also got two other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Fields, where we talk about films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. Whether because another more popular movie came out around the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own. Forgotten gem. (laughs) Anyway, that's available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Or forgottenentertainment.com is as it's part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and wherever podcasts can be found. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast that I do with my buddy Dave, where we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join us as we talk about news, reviews, previews on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, PC, VR. We have it all. We play it all. Two Player Bros is available at TwoPlayerBros.com. Forgotentertainment.com or wherever you get your podcasts as well. That's all I got. This is me saying bye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and a special thing. No. And a special <laughs> thanks for our theme which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>